and we're back. Welcome everybody back to the Be More Rugby podcast. Um, exciting podcast this today. Um, however, we're without Jay. Yay! So Smacks, who still remains the greatest first guest we've ever had, has offered to step in for him um, while we have our special guest, Shelley Hamblin on. How are you, Shelley? I'm fine, thank you. A little bit nervous, not going to lie. <laughs> You're nervous? Yes. I'm filling Jay's boots. Oh, fair point. Yeah. Hopefully Jay will get better soon. Um, I understand he's um, having to isolate for a few days. Well, if I enjoy this, he may have to fight for it. We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. So thank you again to Wimborne for letting us use the club um, for our podcast. Um Interesting podcast this time because we've had Smacks, the manager, we've had the player, and today we've got Shelley, the coach, on. So nice all-around perspective of rugby, which is cool. But we'll kick off with a general warm-up, sticky paper on the tables. Um, talk about a bit of news, the big news, the big win of the weekend, which uh, arguably was the under-13s win against Swans. Yes, it oh, was. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. How did it go? It was brilliant. I was so chuffed for the for the lads, particularly. They um, have worked really, really hard this season. And we've had a few defeats, I'm not going to lie. Um, and we've had quite a big defeat against Bernard once when we played on tour last week. So to come back and play Swans this weekend and win was brilliant. Because so, yeah. the tour was last weekend, wasn't it? The tour it? was last weekend, yeah. So you shouldn't were... win any games on tour. Well, they didn't. Uh, and there was only one. <laughs> nobody Good. Else, nobody Good. else could play, so well, we just had fun excellent. on the Saturday, which is what it was about, ultimately. Um, so, yeah, they came back and they I was told that they, they had no choice. They had to win. They had to get out there and just go for it, enjoy it, and just put everything in, and they did. And so, they did, yeah. so proud of them. Fantastic. I must admit... Um, I think it was quite a successful weekend for Wimborne all in all, the first team one. First team one. Uh, didn't start so well, uh, but it came back to beat Yeovil uh, here, something like quite a lot, 30 points to 22 or something. Uh, but yeah, it didn't start well, but it got better, shall we say. And our twos were not so lucky over at Oaks. No. But we'll move over, move on from that one. One might say that Jay's lucky streak that brought to the club probably had a bit to play. That was it. Didn't have any gingers in it. <laughs> well, he might have a, a word about editing that bit, but we'll see. <laughs> and of course, the the men's Six Nations finished with a French Grand Slam and all by the Welsh. I think we turned Italian for probably 80 minutes. I have no idea. What was that result about? I didn't see that one. Can you mention that just for all our Welsh friends? No, I was I was chuffed for the Italians. Was it was it seven years without a win? Something oh, like that was it? A number of games, wasn't it? Thirty it was, odd games. Yeah, really, the, really pleased for that them. last kick. He just collapsed. It, it showed all the passion, all the everything for me. It was wonderful. It um, and against the Welsh. <laughs> yeah, it, it couldn't have got better. No, Is that what you're saying? I kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I can't really comment on that because Barry's half Welsh. So, oh, is he? Say my kids are quarter Welsh. Makes it even say? better. Well, <laughs> you know, I keep my mouth shut on that one. 
and the women's six nations kicked off this weekend um big win for england big big win uh, but it raises the question for the women's game seeing as england are the professional outfit and scotland uh, i think have got a few that are uh, have got contracts everyone's expecting england to dominate the six nations the disparity obviously between them and scotland was obvious is that because england are good or is that the just just the difference between a professional outfit and a semi semi-stroke uh, amateur outfit mm, good question good question france winning comfortably there'll be more professional players in france than italy yep i don't know about wales or, or ireland Ireland have got no professional players. I think they get um, sponsor um, Guinness, would it be? Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think they, as I understand it, they get um, expenses. Okay. The Welsh have taken on a number of players and given them a professional contract. Um, maybe that was the difference in the end. That gave them the strength and the muscle to get through against Ireland. At the end, Ireland were looking good. Wales came through in the end, just muscled their way through in the second half. They just were, were just far, far stronger than them. Well, I think if you've got the time that you've been dedicated to, to taking part in that, where you haven't got to then give yourself a full-time job alongside it, and yeah, yeah. you've been given that time, the, the coaching, the money to support you, then surely that's got to count for something and it's going to make that team stronger. They, they play better together. They trust each other more. They've got all those core values and whatever surrounding the game. Then... Mm. I would imagine that that is going to support them and push them through to being a better team. And I think if that's the difference, say we take the Scotland-England game, if that's the difference between professional and, and non-professional rugby in, in the women's uh, international game, the fact that they've had such fantastic coverage on the telly now, rather than it just being something that you find on, mm-hmm. on an iPlayer or something like that, um, the fact that it's been on on the main channels means there's got to be some more money going into it. So hopefully, then it will give the opportunity for the Irish, the the um, uh, the Italians, whatever, to come. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully it will give them the chance to come up, and we'll get some some real good competition in in the the women's game. Yeah, I think I, yeah. I think England's so good because of the Wimbledon link. Probably, yeah. That's it. Three Obviously. players in the England team. Absolutely. Well, there you go. It's got to stand for something, surely. One score and a hat-trick as well, by the way, I'll have you know. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's promote the club. Yeah. Absolutely. Three players in their squad is a, it's pretty good going, I would say. Yeah. I think TikTok's probably not that I'm a big fan of TikTok or anything like that, but because it's um, probably uh, aimed more at a younger demographic, you on TikTok? Smacks? No. The younger Probably demographic, you said. Aimed at a younger demographic. The fact that they're sponsoring uh, the Women's Six Nations means it's going to be in front of um, young up-and-coming rugby players. It's going to be on their on their phones. It can only promote the game more and bring more talent through. Absolutely. If it's on their radar, then they, they'll know what they're looking for. They know how to say mm-hmm. I, I have to say I'm not um, on that sort of thing. But mm. I know all the kids are at school and... Uh, they all watch umpteen videos on it. My kids watch it. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it is definitely promoting it. You've got it, the promotion is key. 
and then the promotion is going to bring money which is going to bring breed success as they say absolutely success yeah absolutely i mean we've it would be nice to see a stronger female side at Wimborne. i i think numbers um, and yeah across the board yeah i think some of the the ladies at Wimborne have to travel up to ringwood is that right most of them do yeah mm, yeah to play but swans have got a a good female uh swans side. have got a yeah a, an older group of, of ladies playing mm. like adult ladies ladies um, but yeah. even they are struggling with with the youngsters mm. i have to say oh wow yeah so hopefully the fact that six nations is now on mainstream tv and on tiktok is gonna fingers crossed bring through some yeah. talent yeah promote it a little bit i just think as much as it is on the telly a little bit more i still feel that it isn't is as widely known or promoted as as the men's rugby mm. so kids still aren't aware or not even as kids teenagers young adults still aren't aware that the opportunities are there um to take part um or it's not taken as seriously or whatever it might be so therefore they don't do it or they're seen as not being the ones that could be taking part but like i say rugby there's there's a role for everybody mm. in rugby any shape size whatever um whereas lots of sports it is quite stereotypical with the fact that you've got to be tall slim athletic mm. had to play certain sports but rugby i think there's a there's a a role for everyone absolutely shall well, we say but it wasn't long ago that football was or, or women's football was just something you just don't go to watch mm. but but that's come on yeah very recently in yeah. leaps and bounds so hopefully but then again that's money and promotion yeah, yeah. yeah but it can happen it can happen to rugby it. yeah it can it's, yeah, yeah, yeah providing that that time and effort is put into it absolutely and yeah, that, yeah. that is the only way it's going to be promoted mm. is mm. by putting that time and effort into that to allow those people to feel that it's okay to come and play or find that that's a sport for them or to come here to, play. to come here to play here absolutely to, play. Yeah. to come to Wimborne to play rugby <laughs> absolutely that's Anybody. the exciting thing about and I think the way the women's games now progressing so rapidly is to watch England, Scotland, to watch England walk over Scotland. It's great if you're an England fan, but as far as rugby goes, they were outclassed. But to watch Ireland and Wales that are obviously far closer matched and and far behind France and England with regards to their progression into professional rugby, to watch that game, to see a real battle, mm -hmm. to see Wales way behind at half-time to come through and, and, and win, that's a really interesting game to watch. Because let's face it, the Six Nations is it's expected to be a, an England walkover. France close behind, yeah, and then all the rest will fight it out. For... England, France that wins it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So to see, um, yeah, to see it on mainstream TV, like you say, get some money into it. Yeah. Um, so exciting for that side. It's 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 moved on so far so quickly. Just needs that little extra push, I think. Yeah, I agree. It'll come. It'll come. Mm. So, I think we'll kick off the first half then. I'd like to uh, invite Shelley again to our podcast. Thank you very much. Shelley, first half, just want to find out a bit more about yourself. You played rugby mm. when you were at university. Did you play rugby before? Uh, no, I didn't play. Before. Well, that's not true. I went to Swans, actually, for a little bit. Uh, but I lived in Wareham. So, uh, at sort of like under 15. But it never, it didn't really take off. I mean, that was probably 30 years ago now and it was just sort of being introduced at that point and there was probably about six or seven of us that used to go down and play and knock the ball about a little bit but nothing ever came of that is that do you think because you only had six or seven 
probably and it just wasn't anywhere else either you know it wasn't in Ringwood it wasn't in in Wimborne it wasn't mm-hmm. at Bournemouth there wasn't anywhere else that well that I knew of that was pushing it apart from Weymouth actually yeah. Weymouth and Dorchester uh, yeah so years. Weymouth certainly did because I remember playing those as as we went to uni mm-hmm. so I seriously picked it up after I'd finished Weymouth College and then went on to uni in Plymouth and picked it up there so why go and play when there's only a few at, at Swans uh, I think it was just it was just different. Mm. That was the thing. I was um, always been interested in sport and was a swimmer really initially, but then um, medical issues meant I couldn't swim anymore. Uh, so I then started playing volleyball at school, which was great. And then at the same sort of time, the opportunity for rugby came up too. So I went, okay, well let's go and we'll give that a go as well. Mm. I, I was quite happy to play something different. I, football was never really my game did was never interested in it at all so things were very stereotypical when I was at school it was hockey it was netball yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what you did and, and I did do all of those things and that getting that was fine um but still there wasn't that outlet after, after school you know you did it in school you did yeah. this extracurricular yeah, in yeah. school but there still wasn't the teams outside of school so the first one really for rugby that came up that was different was at Swans I played at Wessex Volleyball at that point still, but rugby was a little bit different. So they were both seen as um, minority sports, effectively. Mm. And I went and picked up a couple of minority sports instead. So just because, it, yeah, just it was a different different activity. So how does that how does that go when you're mindful for all of the clubs out there that are trying to develop the, the female side of the game? How does that go when you've only got six or seven players? <laughs> Did you join in with the lads? No. Or was it? No, we just had, from what I remember, it was literally just a six or seven of us. We we had a coach down there who was a nice, nice chap, nice guy. Um, and he, we just coached us a little bit. We did a little bit of tackling. We did a little bit of passing and played a little bit. But it, it to be honest, it quite quickly, I guess it dwindled, it dwindled out and never really, it's picking back up now, but um, it, it, yeah, probably dwindled out quite quickly. We just sort of tried it for a season go. and then... And that was it. It didn't yeah. really last. So mm. hence picking up volleyball to a, a greater degree at that point. So when you got to university, then was the next time you... Yeah, so I probably played for a season when I was 15-ish mm. and then picked it up again when I was 19. Were you excited about the rugby at uni? Yeah. Did you go searching it? Uh, it was or? It's a, It was a PE college, so it was okay. always... It was always going to be yeah, yeah, sports on sports yeah, on everywhere. Um, and I knew I was going to go and play volleyball. And I knew then that rugby was there as well. And it was quite a successful team. And there was a number of us in our hall that went. So I think there was probably four or five of us out of 10 mm-hmm. that went and gave it a go. And there was yeah tons of freshers that went and did it. Uh, so it was it was good. And then it just sort of clicked. And it was just a really lovely group of girls. Actually, they were nice. They were ex- accepting. It wasn't clicky at all. So, Obviously, you go and try everything when you go to uni because you think, okay, well, better, better go to the netball team and I better try for whatever. Um, but went to netball and was like, a little bit clicky, actually. It's not mm-hmm. really for me. Uh, but the rugby totally was not. And the coach the coach was was lovely. And we just sort of got mucked in and you got on and you played and you learnt really quickly. They chucked you in at the deep end and you, like I say, learnt really quick and you just got on with it. Um, and with games every week. And yeah, it was great. Wow. And that was just playing in a university league? Uh, initially, yes. We played in the university league uh, for the first year um, that I was there. And then I, I think it was the second year. I think the second year we then got involved in Plymouth Albion as well, uh, which was basically, so we played 
Saturdays and Sundays mm. almost. Um, and so we'd go and train as Plymouth Albion uh, to try and bolster the Plymouth team. But to be honest, it was generally the Marjon team playing for Plymouth Albion. Um, but yeah, so we played quite a lot. And then we went into the Southwest uh, uh, League as, as Plymouth Albion and then did that alongside the university leagues as well. So busy. Was busy. it a quality team? Well, you, our team. Yeah, you coaching now would know what a good team <laughs> needs to be like. We would hope. We would hope. Do you know what? It or was, was that just girls throwing a ball around? No, it wasn't. It was a it was a real it was a quality team. We oh, it, wow. it's it's spread across four year groups, obviously. And um it like I say, it was it was when rugby was starting to become more popular with females and I would say there was probably a squad of about 25 of us 30 of us maybe and within that there was a number of internationals for students um within sort of what time I got into my second year at least I would say in the fourth year at that point there were three or four Welsh internationals some of them played for Wales some of them played student uh-huh. Welsh team uh, we had a girl in my year was an England student um, player uh, so yeah there was it was there was a lot of... so, so from Plymouth where were the teams that you would play initially when we first started for Plymouth Albion we were in Southwest three I think um, if I remember rightly and we, we were playing people like Red Roof, um, so all Penzance. It was all Cornwall based, yeah, all yeah. Cornish based. And then as we went through the ranks, we ended up going into South South Division Three, and we end every Sunday. Our fixtures were in London, mm. so it was like, oh god, we've got to get up at like six o'clock in the morning, which isn't great after a Saturday night out. But six o'clock in the morning, and we were shipping off to Saracens, uh, Richmond, oh, wow. um, and then of course they'd have to come down to us. Supermarine, we'd have to play as well. Uh, all really strong yeah, teams yeah, yeah. at the time so yeah it was uh yeah. so what was your position uh generally second row uh number five uh still got my shirt uh and uh prop as well it depended on where never played hooker not a chance but one three four or five so yeah variety yeah. and what's what what standard or level did you get to or uh, or, or plymouth albion uh plymouth that well we like I said we played in South South Division in the end. I can't remember what league it was, but it was like I said, it was pretty good. And so we were playing who we were playing, Saracens thirds, Richmond seconds, that, that sort of standard who we were against. Uh myself, I ended up having uh England trials for students. Uh did play South England trial uh, South England students, um, but ended up with trials that didn't get in. But there was a tough field. I remember going up there to to train and it was like whew, there are there's a lot of good girls up here mm-hmm. uh and a lot of things the ones that did get through apart from a girl emily that was with us she got through from marjons but the rest of them were all quite london based i think big teams up there lots more opportunity um big coaches i guess so did you have a male coach or female we did have a male coach yeah chris was his name can't remember his surname but yeah uh he was uh yeah he was all right actually he was yeah good guy really dedicated we probably trained three times a week um and he was yeah totally stuck at it and just got us through came up wherever we went and um got us through to the university finals at one point which was brilliant up at twickenham which at was great Twickers on the tell, us, tell us about that how's that feel to run out at twickenham oh it was it was amazing actually it was it was um 
bit surreal because you sort of got there and we all went up on coaches. <laughs> There's like three coaches of supporters that came up with us as well. And we were playing Edinburgh. So they'd obviously come Ooh. down. Yeah, it was a big old match. So they'd, they'd come down with a couple of support uh, supporters as well, a couple of coaches. And we you just sort of walked onto the pitch and it was a bit like, wow, this mm. is... Mm. You, you, I don't think you really quite believed you were there. This and is doing real it. now. Yeah, this yeah, is actually yeah. quite real. We, yeah. We've actually got to step up to the plate and actually play here. Yeah. Um, and I remember my mum and dad came up and because I was a part of the... Um, not magic I did like a secretarial or something and my mum and dad got to go in the in the box oh. to watch rather than just a stand so that was wow. quite cool they were quite pleased with that um so yeah it was it was imp- it was really really good a load of the primary school kids came to watch so the stands I wouldn't say they were full because they weren't full but you know they were they were there and we were obviously playing and you 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 could hear them to a degree but in the same breath I think you were sort of so focused on yeah, what yeah. you were doing you almost couldn't hear them you know you could see these arms and what not flailing around but you couldn't really hear what was going on because i i guess the atmosphere just sort of soaked up a little bit but um i think most players don't hear coaches or any like, no. shouting from the side no i think you just sort of got on with it yeah, got in yeah. the zone and, yeah, yeah. and had a go so um, you you managed to get in the zone even though you're playing in in twickenham you managed to yeah. focus enough to actually play the game yeah we did and it's you sort of once you were on and you were playing you sort of almost forgot that you were there yeah um and you just got on and you did yeah. um and we were we were lucky we won which was even better so that was uh yeah we were really chuffed and you scored loads of points i didn't score any i wish i had but you know as a second row you don't tend to score no, too many points no. do you? you sort of catch the Not ball your job is it no, no you ship no. the ball out mm. or you catch the ball and you run into trouble and you go to the ground and somebody else runs on and scores so no i was one of those donkey forwards as they mm. used to call them mm. just a bit harsh but Th- no. things haven't changed they haven't changed think... no that's what no, i keep saying pretty boy bats and the donkey forwards yeah um so yeah so i was a forward and really didn't score so but, have you got your trophy still? You must have some memorabilia from got, then. I have. I've still got my playing shirt. Once we, once we played there, we got to keep our shirts. And then we got a new strip. So that was quite nice. So yeah. my number five on the back of my shirt. And we got a little gold medal in its presentation box. So that's still in oh, there. We've got paper. I've got clippings of um, uh, media write-ups, which are in the, in the memory box somewhere. So, yeah. In fact, a friend posted it on Facebook the other day. It had come up and she'd found at home, she'd found a clip about it and posted it on Facebook. Said, Shelley, look. I was like, oh, excited <laughs> memories from a long time ago. I think that's what you got. Main thing is memories of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Everybody. Yeah. Memories. Mum and dad. Yeah, mum and dad. Yeah. 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 Remember oh, going can... in, getting strapped up from my knee because it was hurting. So they took you in and strapped your knee up. Like, oh, I feel like semi professional. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, did your knee hurt when you, when you went on the pitch? And during the game, I get it was hurting before they strap it up, but then adrenaline kicks in. Yeah, yeah, you didn't notice it after no that. Playing, you sort of in no the warm playing. up, you're like, ah, it's a bit niggly because we've played a lot of rugby that season. Yeah, yeah. Um, for like, say, for Albion to to and the for the club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, you played double rugby and it was it was quite tough. And I think a lot of us were, it was March time, I think, end of the season. So a lot of you are probably carrying a niggly injuries. And so we'd all came out all strapped up with this bright blue tape. It was like, hey, we are definitely made it if we we've got that tape on. Yeah. <laughs> we're there. Um, so yeah, it was yeah, it was good. We found. Did any, no, any of your side go on to international level? Um, I think they did Wales wise. Yes, but yeah. for, for Wales, a few of the girls did represent um, proper Wales. I think they certainly represented students. Mm-hmm. A number of them represented students for both Wales and England. So yeah, it was uh, good. So was it off the back of that that you got your trials? Uh, no, we'd had the trials already previous okay. to that. So and that was for England. Up students yeah. students yeah so and then um i played stayed 
just uh, English students for a couple of years. And then when I started doing my PGC and stuff, it had to sort of scale back because I couldn't fit it in. So once the official degree had finished and it went to teacher training, it was we scaled it back a little bit. So still played at weekends, but not the not the next step up. So when it, so, we, so so you dropped rugby for your career? Effectively, but I'd also injured my back a bit and with okay. all the shoving and okay. the whatever else thing. Being and, second row. Yeah, being and, second row. And of course, of, yeah. At that age, you don't crawl down properly, do you? Not no, in those no, days, no, and no. sort of. And then with the volleyball as well, it's it's a lot of jarring. So it sort of. Um, yeah, it sort of took a bit of a back seat and then the career came into it and I moved to Swindon and then... That's a shame. Yeah, so, so it yeah. was like, yeah, it was, it, was, it was all right. I was in a good school in Swindon. A shame there weren't Swindon, many. I think. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. so I, then I, I stuck to volleyball in the end while I was there because there wasn't, a, there wasn't a big uptake for women's rugby in Swindon at the time. But you're in rugby now, so when did you get back into rugby? When I had my son, actually. Okay. So it had a big, big break, so... Yeah, all from after finishing uni all the way through working. And then I had Max back in 2009. So when he was an under six, I then he was he's not a footballer. So he, he got my build. <laughs> so he's not a footballer. Uh, so I brought him up here and oh, okay. about the Christmas time when he was know, five, six. And then from there. So then Barry Williams actually was yeah. coaching at yeah. that point with that age group, under sixes and under sevens. And, and I let him carry on with that. And then when he moved up, sort of toward the end of the season, I sort of jumped in. So I knew he was a teacher as well. So I chat with him. And then as he moved up to the under eights age group, I jumped in. And actually that was when um, Simon came into the under sixes. Mm -hmm. And so we worked together with under six and under sevens. And then it's been from there onwards, really, all the way through to the under 13s. Wow. So, and they were lead coach. Well, yeah, I took that role on from about under eights. Yeah, that's them. As soon as we moved up one, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to do this by myself. Winborn's only yeah. female lead coach. Yes. To date. To date. Yeah, yeah. to date. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's, it's fine. Do you know what? The club itself is brilliant. They are very supportive. Um, and they, if I, if I ask for anything generally they let me have it which is great smacks need some new balls we okay, are just Shelley. scared of you yeah, can i have this yeah we of course are just you can. scared of you scared. That's That's it. It. <laughs> um it can be quite daunting at times not not from this club's perspective but when you go away to visiting clubs really i think well because it's seen as a male yeah led yeah. sport yeah and that, that mm. I, I think initially when i first took on lead coach and i would go to visit or go to other clubs I did have uh, Jason's my second in command I would say uh, and he they would often go directly to him yeah, yeah. rather than to me and you're sort of like oh oh that's, that's not on so I'd sort of muscle my way in a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, right, hang on, brother. Um, but it so but having done it now for a number of years they know that it's me they so they generally come to me um, and, it, and it's not an issue, but it can be at times a little bit daunting. So do you think that was just ignorance or or was that um, just that they didn't want to so much come to you as a female coach? Do you think back then it was a little bit more that uh, they just weren't expecting it or, or was there a, I a, an issue with it? I think it depended where you went. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So I think if it was very big, in in the area i think it was quite a shock to see a female coach and mm. consequently they was like oh 
and would then go off to to, to the male coach as such particularly if they didn't have experience with female coaches in their own club mm. um if it's if it's something outside their comfort zone almost and it's it's sort of a well has she really got any idea what she's talking about uh so i think there was a, probably an element of both so but unfortunately they've had to put up with me for a number <laughs> of years now so they've just sort of got used to it <laughs> they go we oh, she's here again <laughs> we have tried to get rid of you but you well i just keep coming back i'm no like a bad wa- smell no one else wants you now i know <laughs> There's an interesting um, point, though, in there's there's still not many female coaches in the professional or certainly at, at um, club level, national level or anything like that. There's still the coaches, managers, whatever, tend to be predominantly male. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when it comes to, uh, and I was looking at this one, I wrote the book, when it comes to being a coach, your priority is is the players. Yeah. making sure they're okay. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting point because you're a teacher and there's a lot of in, um, high-level international coaches that have come from the teaching background, including Eddie Jones. Um, uh, who else was there? Um, Stuart Lancaster, I think. Stuart Lancaster. Yeah. A number of a number of coaches. This was the guy at Ireland. Oh. Um, um, Schmidt. Yeah. Joe Schmidt. Joe Schmidt. Um, yeah, lots have come through the co- from the, the teaching side. And interestingly, there's in psychology, there's one big difference between men and women. Um, there's not much of a difference, but women tend to be more um, people orientated and men t- tend to be more thing orientated, which is why they say you know, men tend to be more interested in engineering that sort of stuff and, yeah. and women tend to be more interested in care or yeah or teaching yeah so interesting then that that there's a lot of teachers that go into coaching but also i don't understand why there's not more females that are coaching seeing as there's so much importance on on player welfare developing players uh, making sure that they can progress through um just as you do in teaching mm. i suppose i think that's stereotypes is it yeah i think it is seen as a when it comes to an international or any any higher level sort of sport you tend to find that coaches are male i mean even when i like, even playing volleyball for wessex at the time it was a male coach for a female squad and you're like ah, well how's mm. that how's that work all the time because i say females tend to understand females um and you think well why is that not happening but then maybe it's Maybe that is because, like you say, females are much more people orientated and therefore maybe they don't then have that competitive drive as much to push that team to to its limits almost. Mm. Um, although that we do that in different ways. So it's, I don't know, it's a difficult one to answer that. I don't know why there's not as many female coaches. No, I, I think, like you say, it's probably a... a a stereotype thing in, yeah. in the fact that it's expected that a sports team would have a male coach because yeah. historically it's all been it's always lads that way. playing sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas actually the women's game shown that, you know, that hopefully things are progressing so quickly. Um, I, I just can't see that there won't be a case where there's more female coaches come through into into the professional level is it is it progresses more yeah i wonder yeah. if it's time as well though because i sit here and you ask me did you watch this did you watch that no <laughs> i've got time no, to no, watch no. that no, um yeah. so i literally like say on a sunday morning 
I know I've got to be here for half past 10 to come and set up. But in the meantime, there's, there's other things you've got to think about with, with the kids at home. You've done this, you've done that, you've done the next thing. Is that ready for this? Is that ready for And my mind isn't just thinking about rugby. It's thinking about a million and one other things that I've got to do before rugby and after rugby. And actually what's going on in the week and are the kids feeling okay? And can they do that? So I just don't know sometimes if you've got the, the amount of brain space in your head to dedicate to that level of coaching maybe because you're so busy talking about doing other things all of the time um and I did have a conversation <laughs> whilst on tour I did have a conversation with one of the coaches me and Lauren actually the manager yeah. were having a conversation with one of the male coaches and he said why is it that my wife says this and me and Lauren both looked at him and went but it's because she's thinking this and she's got this, 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 and this, and this to think about as well. Whereas you've only got that to think about. But you can multitask. We can't. Well, this is the point, you see. That's... But there's only so much smacks you can multitask without your head exploding. And then when you have got to go, okay, well, I have now got to try and fit in a two-hour coaching session for rugby. Brilliant. That's fine. And this is what I want to do. This, 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 and this, and this. But your mind is constantly yeah, yeah. somewhere else as well. Um, which is why I don't referee anymore because I don't have that focus. I can't do it because mm. my mind wanders. And I'm like, oh, actually, what are we, oh, God, what are we making for tea tonight? Oh, God, well, I haven't got the, I haven't got the chicken out the freezer, mm. you know, or something inane and daft like that. Whereas I think, like I said, the blokes have got that focus and this is what they're doing now. Think of now. That's yeah, I am, I am coaching rugby now for the next two hours. And when I get home, I am going to eat tea or do my it, work just, or just do whatever appears. it is you've got to do yeah which just appears um and there it is lovingly made and you stuff it down and put your plate on the side and then you know, it gets washed up by magic i know it's amazing isn't it <laughs> amazing uh but yeah i just i wonder for me to progress any further i don't feel i've got the as in up levels you know not necessarily take my group through but to get any higher with the stage i am in life with two kids um I don't think I would have the brain space to, or the time to dedicate to it. If you were offered a, a professional position though, which meant that you didn't have to work, would you, and it, it, it would be a choice. Yeah. Would you cho- choose to go into that? See, or that would, would be, you? That would be different because that, that would be my job Yeah. then. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have brain space for my job. Okay. Um, whereas at the moment I've got my teaching job, I've got my home job and I've got my coaching job. Um, so if I was offered a professional role somewhere, that would become my job. So you then have brain space for that, as well as thinking about all those other things as well. So you, you find, you'd find space for that to fit in because that becomes a, a quite a big priority. And would you choose that if it was on the table? Do you know, what? I've never even thought about that because it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, money. I've ne- I, I, I honestly don't know. Because I've never seen myself. Sometimes I struggle thinking, am I doing a good job with the under 13s, let alone going on to a professional level? Um, so I, I, I would say you are doing a good job. I, I've watched them out here and all of them. Oh, they love it. Yeah, they which do. is which is why uh, I do uh, it. And that's and that's what it's about. That's a good job. Ultimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. It I, is. I see nothing else. There. Um, and that's why I carry on doing it because they love it. Yeah. yeah. Um so most of them are yeah. taller than Jason as well. I know, they? which is, I it always, is... whenever I count how many kids I've got on there, I'm a bit of a counter. I had 18 and I've still got 18. I've got 19. I definitely didn't have nine. To, oh, it's Jason. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or Matt actually, because they're both yeah. the same sort of size. So yeah. I, I often count them as part of the players. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know about the professional route. I think it's not something I've ever really thought about. How long can you see yourself, yourself staying here at Wimborne? 
coaching? I've always said. Did you take your group through to the end of uh, academy or cult? I've always said I would take them. I would. I will take them through as far as long as I think I'm the right person to do it. Mm -hmm. um, in my head, it will be till they're under 16s. Um, as long as I've got, I mean, I've got a brilliant coaching team behind me now. It's, it's taken a couple of years to develop. So me and Jason have picked them up from, I think Jace joined me in under nines. Um, so he's been with me since under nines. And then a couple of the other dads have sort of picked up over the last couple of seasons. So there is a squad of five of us now, which is brilliant. And, and I, I'm learning to uh, disseminate. I sort of come up with the ideas of what I want them to do and they play still, which is the difference. I think things have changed since I played. Mm -hmm. So as much as I can manage groups of kids and I have the right ethos and I have all those things that you need as a, as a lead coach as well. Um, there are times when I think to myself, I'm struggling with the content a little bit. So, but I have got those players that play and again they're up with all of this now and and that's fine and i just sort of now go okay you need to go and do something about yeah. this is what i want to yeah, focus yeah. on and jason takes them off and does something like this and i say matt this is what we need to do here and he goes yeah okay fine yeah, we can do that we we'll do this i said yeah do this this and this and he and he'll go and goes and does and we do like little workshops with them we bring them together and, and whatever else so uh as long as i'm the right person or i think i'm the right person yeah i'll go i'll take them as far as i can how much of that um ability to run a session a training session like that and coach the, the little ones and bring your team together to coach them comes from your teaching and how much comes from your playing background i would probably say 90 percent of it comes from teaching mm. just because it's what i went into it for it's it is about the it to me it is about the enjoyment and it is about developing the kid as a as a whole child i should say as a whole um so it's yeah the playing is great if you've got that bit of knowledge which supports what you want to drive mm -hmm. forward then brilliant i mean i can i can get drills off of a out of a sport plan online or rugby coach weekly or whatever you know i can drag those i can ask people for, for different drills i can speak to tubs or whatever it might be so but my ability to actually engage those kids and bring them together and outlay and manage and coach teach uh to it for the enjoyment most of it comes from my ability to teach as well, a teacher as a teacher yeah yeah. yeah 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 so do you consider yourself a teacher or a coach <laughs> ah see there's a difference uh i mm. consider myself a teacher and where coaching values then differ i will bring in the coaching element of that but i tend to find that i i teach <laughs> rather than coach i think but at this age that's what they need uh they need someone to sort of like say develop the whole person and and give them ideas give them leading things it's not just all about me sometimes we'll give it over to the kids sometimes what 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 can you do that's better it's not mm. all just about me telling them all the time well what have you done well what have you not done well what can you do to improve so they are constantly thinking as well about what they need to develop rather than it all coming rather than being didactic and me going bang 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 automatic yeah, yeah. it's it's a hopefully a bit of democrat in there well. identify their own things yeah. self-diagnosis maybe yeah so yeah, yeah. they've got to identify their own strengths and weaknesses what, yeah. what they need to do to improve yeah, it can't yeah. all come from me because they don't get it they don't understand if i keep telling them no, no, no. so if i can say you can't can't keep cutting them out you've got to keep running forward but until they realize that they've cut someone up or tripped someone up or someone's got aggie with them because they can't pass it or whatever um they've always got to learn by their mistakes so there is a bit of a difference mm. do you think there's more 
Um, obviously, we tend to focus on social media if you follow rugby or if you're into rugby or whatever and you look you watch the big games and stuff you tend to focus on the the coaching sessions when somebody's already in a position where they know how to play rugby do you think that in your position when you've got some youngsters that are learning to play rugby do you think that's more important to develop them at that stage than it is once they've learned how to play rugby just to tweak the little details to make them the professional uh i think they need to learn from a very young age what the purpose of rugby is all about mm. and it is you can see you can see the the more able kids when they're on the pitch with there's, there's no getting away from that um but that, you that can change though that can change very absolutely so. because those at the moment my my squad particularly are in a stage of <laughs> development uh, so we've got some quite small players and we've got some bigger players uh, and next year I think according to Barry it's going to get even worse <laughs> so it's now trying to keep those smaller players still engaged and uh, happy to play yeah. against those bigger players uh, and eventually they will catch each other up so when they hit under 15 under 16 they might have developed a bit and yeah, be yeah. slightly bigger which is I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that but if they've learned all those core values and all those things at a younger age that will come it's I, I always say this to the kids even if I'm teaching swimming I'll say well you know it's one thing having the speed but if you haven't got the technique the speed is pointless you have to have the technique and then the speed will come and they sort of go oh right okay so if you do that better you know that that will work better and as, as you go through so yeah I would always teach all that sort of stuff I think it's important the younger you are and keep building on that and then eventually, like I say, the, the technique and the, the minor tweaks will happen as, as they get older. And, and then in time, the size will come. And the get size the will come. Yeah, you've got to get the skills yeah, yeah. in early. Yeah, and then, then you'll catch each other up Absolutely. eventually. And then as a result of that, you will probably be better because you're not, you've, you've learned, you've learned how to, you've learned to take defeat. You've learned the disappointment. You've learned all those things because you're not as big and therefore not using your size and your yeah, weight yeah. and stuff to barge through people. You've learned those techniques and tactics and whatever else. Mm -hmm. And once that all comes together, when you hit under 15, under 16, then, you know, you're a better all rounded player because you learn how you've you learned. You grow shoulders, yeah. you grow shoulders and guns. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Guns. Yeah. Yes. We talked on the last podcast um, with Harry Baz uh, about uh, he'd been up to Scotland and he trained in, in Scotland when he was younger and they play full contact rugby a lot earlier. We mentioned the fact that in the Southern Hemisphere, they play weight categorised rugby rather than age categorised rugby. Yeah. Is, that, is that something you would like to see over here? In Would you encourage it? or Because the, the other side was that he said that some of the bigger lads didn't develop the the skills that they needed because they could just run through a player whereas the smaller Absolutely. lads going up against the bigger lads they had to really drill down on their skills yeah. in order to to compete i think there are swings and roundabouts for both aren't there mm -hmm. you know you, mm -hmm. exactly like you just said you, you've got to work harder if you as, as a smaller person to get around that bigger player um which obviously brings on the smaller players brilliantly but where does that leave the bigger players because the bigger players have got no one to compete against because mm. you're wiping out the smaller players um so i think it's probably good for the bigger players because they're having to compete against someone of a similar size mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the smaller players like I say step up it's like having a mixed ability squad isn't it 
you know, if you've got a mixed ability squad, um, you, you want them all to play. But if, if they're having to compete for their place within that, um, then they work harder to, to, to get in there. You, it, I'm not one to have a, a necessarily an A and a B because I know these kids might aspire to be in there. But if there's 15 kids up there, the likelihood of them getting up there is far less than if you put them together and then try to and bring them all on and bring them all yeah. on. Yeah. Um, so hence we run or we'll try to run two mixed abilities mm-hmm. um, and they, and they do. And when we then pick and choose, they're like, Shelly, can I step up for that team? Can I, can I come and play? Cause you haven't got enough. Can I, can I, can I you're like, well, actually I don't need you this week, but maybe next week. And so they're always, they are always fighting to, yeah, to good, want good. to come in, which is great. So locally to Wimborne, you've got two squads, you say? Yeah, we'll try. Okay, yeah. so you have two squads. Yeah, yeah. Do any other clubs have two squads at your age? Uh, I think there's a few which have got similar numbers to us, but okay. have chosen to run it as one squad. Um, mm. Which, to me, the reason we chose to run the two squads with the 30, 30 players that we had was because it gave them more game time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rather than then going, okay, well, we'll take these 19, which ultimately tend to be your strongest 19 because that's what you do when you want to go and play a game uh, certainly if it's a cup game whereas we were my ethos was more actually I'd rather play mixed ability and let all the kids have more game experience and if I have to rob from Peter to pay Paul and develop them all and develop them all rather than them floundering or feeling that they're not good enough to be picked for that game and if you don't play them they're gonna drop the game go elsewhere and then in four years time that individual could be a super well they could be because they've caught everybody else up and you know the idea is to about keep them all involved yeah i think that's great philosophy so yeah yeah so at the moment that works next year it might be different i don't know no that's that's stick with that i would say yeah we'll see we shall see so did you going back to your university days (laughs) so you're doing teacher training teacher degree i suppose yeah in physical education i did it in physical recreation and recreation studies okay and and then which is event management and stuff like that and then did a a pgce in secondary teaching so it was your ambition to be a teacher yeah always was always in middle school any any thoughts about coaching then at that that stage when you were at at uni playing rugby Uh, and doing a teacher well weirdly i am not coaching necessarily but always like I say, I used to swim a lot when I was younger. When I was 14, I had ear issues, so then couldn't swim. So uh, I then coached swimming instead. So I was always looking at coaching, developing those, those coaching um, skills instead. And then went to uni, took up swimming teaching uh, while I was there as a part-time job uh, alongside the degree and whatever else. Um, so I, I, it was probably, again, never really thought about it because you were going in to teach. And at that point, I don't think, there was really a difference between teaching and coaching. You went in, you did, and you that's teach, what that's what you did. Teach yeah. the game as well. You teach the game. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I, I knew you'd do it as a teacher through extracurricular clubs and, and whatever else, and you'd take those kids that were keener to come in and, and develop that. Um, I don't know if I ever saw myself necessarily taking an outside club because I thought I'd probably play it longer, um, but for various reasons I didn't. Um, yeah, just because. So just cold. Just because. Uh, yeah. So then, like I say, when Max came along, it was a question when he was old enough of throwing myself in there because I didn't want to. I didn't want to be one of those parents which sort of stands on the sideline and goes and and judges what's going on, knowing full well that actually I could get on and give him a hand and actually probably could bring something to the table rather than 
being one that likes to judge from the sideline. That's a big difference, though, isn't it? Coaching swimming, which is a individual sport, to then dropping yourself into rugby. Uh, yeah, but I was always a team player anyway at okay. school, and I think I was a bit of a jack of all trades. So I just used to get involved in whatever was going on. Even made me sprint the two hundred meters once at King Park. Oh, how I laughed yeah. uh, <laughs> along with the shot put. I could do the shot put, but I had to do a track as well. I was like, right, yeah, okay, I'll do two hundred meters, shall I? Um, but yeah, I, I would just give it a go. Any, it didn't really matter. Anything that was up, I would go and 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 do. Have so a go. yeah, have yeah, a go. Try it. Um, yeah, and generally because I was a jack of all trades, you'd get picked to to go and represent because you didn't mind what you were doing. Um, you you'd just do it for for the team, for the school, for yeah, just to, just to get on and do. So they'd, they'd find a slot for you. They'd find a slot for me. She's yeah. willing. She'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she won't mind. Yeah, chuck her in for that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. So if you're talking about coaching the under 13s till under 16s or so. Yeah. What do you do after that? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is, would your passion be just to get to there and you're happy? Or do you think actually I'd like to perhaps um, progress to another younger group and bring them through? I don't what, know. What do you think? Uh, my daughter does trampolining and gymnastics at the moment. So, and the guy that she trampolines with has already conned me into um, oh. trampoline coaching every, once a month on when he wants to do a park run because we have to do trampolining for schools. So we're qualified in that. And I went, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so maybe I'll do a bit of that. I, I, don't, I hadn't really thought about it. Like I say, mind is so busy taking each day as it comes that four years ahead is, is quite a long way. I hadn't, hadn't really thought um, at the moment, I'm just thinking, am I the right person to take them through to one to 16s? And if I can get that far, then I'll reassess and, mm. and see. And then go into coaching the ladies here. Then go to coaching the ladies. Match. Yeah. We've got... uh, four years time. There she is. There you go. Um, yeah. So I think that is a question for later. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'll be with work. It's mm, uh, mm. yeah. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> to point out. Not that I'm nearing retirement, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, who knows? who knows i think we'll um call half time on that one um got some announcements to make uh mini and youth festival Ooh, yes. sticky table apologize for the sticky table um mini and youth festival sunday the first of may at wimborne for Big under club. under sevens to under twelves um team entry is 70 pounds um Contact. Uh, let me see on here. Neil, isn't it? I think Neil. Neil. Yeah. yeah, Neil Hanford uh, on uh, WRFC Mini Festival at gmail.com or you can contact him on his mobile, which is 07803152395. If you're interested in the Minis Festival down here at Wimborne, you want a club, uh, you've got a club, you want to enter into the tournament, give him a ring. Um, it'll be a great day um, and it'll be great for rugby rugby will be the winner apart from that I understand the Sandbanks, Sandbanks beach clean has been cancelled for Sadly it has. whatever reasons Yes. Um, any other notifications have you got not that I can think of no, no. anything happening with the under 13s you want to announce no big oh. batch against Bournemouth next week though is it no it's away Way at Bournemouth. But yes, match against Bournemouth next week. How good a Bournemouth at your age? 
they're pretty good. But you'll be better next week. Absolutely. Yeah. Be better next week. Yeah, yeah. Good luck for yeah. next week. Good luck then. for next week, yeah, boys. I'm not going to be there, but they, they're going to go fighting fit. They're going to do me proud whilst they're there without me. So with that, then, if you've got any announcements for your grassroots clubs anywhere you want uh, promoted, give us a uh, contact on james at bemorerugby.com or jay at bemorerugby.com or on any of the social media channels at be more rugby or be more rugby or however they work jay's not here so jay's starting to sort all that out anyway so so yeah if you've got anything you want us to promote um that you want shouted about um get in contact with us be happy to at half time so half time announcements over we'll move on to the second half this is where shelly we'd like mm. to talk to you a bit more about the philosophy of rugby how it's um how it's influenced how it's um helped so i suppose we'll start off the second half with the question what does rugby mean to you um always the biggie this one how do you answer that question with the answer with the answer with my answer my version of the answer um what does rugby mean to me uh rugby is a team game it involves everybody it's not a it's not a bunch of individuals all trying to perform their own strengths it's about involving everyone to enable them to perform the best as they can as a team Mm -hmm. and smacks will have heard me a million times shout you're a team pass it out give it to the left never heard that (laughs) never heard it stop being greedy (laughs) um so it is it is very much about coming together as a as a unit uh, and teaching them all those like I say those those treads it, that treads ethos that we have taken them through from under sixes all the way through to under 13s now Can you explain the treads for those that oh on, on the spot now t for teamwork r for respect e for enjoyment d for i want to say determination but nope, i don't think nope, it nope, is nope. No, what is it? Not going to help you. Oh, I can't remember. No. S sportsmanship, discipline. D's discipline. D's discipline, and I think S is sportsmanship. I've forgotten. I don't know. That's what I just tell mine all the time. Be nice to treads, each other. Treads, treads. That's why I say treads. Yeah. I can't remember what they all mean, kids. Who can tell me? That's what I asked them. Yeah, See, yeah, I okay, bounce okay. it. There back. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is very much a yeah, and that's the massive ethos in our in our squad. It isn't about the individual players, and they are constantly reinforced with come on guys you are a team that's right involve everybody it's about enjoyment brilliant all go out and have fun i am very much not of course i love to win now and again that's fine and when we do win it's great but i would not say i'm in it to win it as such Mm -hmm. i'm in it for the boys to enjoy it to work as a team to develop all those life skills they get along with it um and just to be the best that they can be and if they and the, like people always and like I see saying just like oh, I'm not sure I'm the right person. He goes, well, you clearly are, aren't you? Because look how many got in your squad. And you go, all oh, right, okay, fair enough. He goes, you must be doing something right. <laughs> yeah, right, fair enough. And and he's right. You know, when you look at it that way, and you've got 30 kids in the squad that turn up regularly and all want to play. And even through COVID, we haven't had any pullout, you know, which has been a real issue for lots of clubs. You know, not just rugby, but across the board, kids it's have pulled success. out. Massive you know, success. And 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 they have. It is yeah. a success, yeah. and and that's what sometimes I get with a dis. I'm not saying I don't get disappointed when they lose. Of course I do, and so do they. But it's it's more about what they do once they've got over that disappointment. 
how they handle it and yeah, yeah how they handle totally. it and they've got to be able to handle disappointment yeah. because kids that go through life winning all the time when they finally don't win what do they do about it mm. and this is what i keep saying to ours you know your time and i must, must have said it a number of times over your time will come mm. um and i look at the success of our under 15s this year mm. and i know they were in a very similar position to to us when we when they were under 13s and I look at them and I say look look where they are now you know and it's that sheer dedication it's a determination it's the respect it's the teamwork it's all those things that we push that makes I think Wimborne a success uh, as a successful club Mm. Um, and and every year group within it so yeah that's that is that's what rugby means to me Mm. and that's a great answer yeah that's fantastic answer phew (laughs) <laughs> I just want to touch on a point that you mentioned. Oh God! Um, you mentioned it earlier on. Um, learn to take defeat. Oh God! Yeah, I think now, that's so important. You just mentioned just then about the fact that you know, okay, there's a you know, a, there's an enjoyment element to yeah. all sports, but yeah. the lads, the the girls, the youngsters that are getting a medal for coming, you know, last in a race. Yeah just so that they feel better. I'm all about kids enjoying things, but the world's not a nice place when you get no. into the real world. No, it isn't. You know, in, in every job I've had and in, in, in every element of my business, nobody rewards me for not doing a good level, mm, uh, doing a good job, good job <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. Um, and sometimes that defeat teaches you more than any victory yeah absolutely it's about what you do with it it's about how you make a difference this next time what you learn from making those mistakes or what whatever it might be the reasons that you've lost or you haven't worked as a team you've, you've been full of 13 individuals rather than than one unit um so if they have learned from that and we as coaches not just the kids but us yeah, as coaches yeah. have learned from that and say okay well what can we do differently next time um, about that and they they understand that that to me is that's as important as the win you know because that that is a win in itself mm-hmm. that you've recognized that that's a that was an issue and that's why we possibly didn't win or didn't score as many tries um as, as we could have done so yeah i think learning learning to take a defeat is is a massive massive learning curve i think it's so important because the kids are not going to succeed in everything that they do the first time yeah. And as a teacher, you see that all the time when kids like fail exams interviews or for jobs, interviews, driving, yeah, driving, driving tests, yeah. Um, interviews, yeah. GCSEs, mock yeah. exams, whatever this it is, is. This is the interesting thing. And I know my both my lads when they did their GCSEs, certainly my youngest did really well in his GCSEs. My eldest did really well in his GCSEs. But when my eldest went to get his exam results, he said there were so many kids there that were just almost in tears because they were expecting to get to a certain place and then didn't achieve what they'd achieved and they were all nervous and he said they turned to me and said, you know are you nervous and he went well no i've done my best and yeah, yeah. what i get i'll deal with yeah. and and i'll work with that if i yeah. you know i couldn't have done any better yeah but if he was expecting a certain grade yeah. and didn't get it would he have coped with it had he not had that understanding of you know, sometimes yeah. you don't get what you want. Yeah, and I you think you got to deal with it. I think team games are a massive part of that. I think, like I say, you're not going to win every game, and mm. if you deal with that, and you know, if you know what your expectations are, and it depends on how much you put into it, doesn't it? If you put 
everything into that and you know you've done your best and and as a parent that's all I ever say to my kids I don't I don't care where you come I don't care if we win the game and I say it to my kids I don't care if you if you win the match boys but what happens what's important to me is that you've done your best you know and if you've worked together as that team and you've passed that ball out and you haven't been ball greedy and you you know you have listened to your teammates and you've, you've done all those things that in itself is a win if you've made that tackle because you're nervous about making a tackle but you've made two brilliant tackles that lesson well that, done. That, that's a big well done yeah, to you you've won yeah, yeah. you know yeah. it doesn't matter and i said that to dan cottrell when he was down for that <clears throat> thingy sorry and he was talking about um uh winning because that was you know the way forward you you had to win and i sort of and i said to my co-coaches well we've just spent the last six years telling our kids that winning is not important you know from under sixes to under 12s winning is not important and now all of a sudden, in under 13s, it is important. How am I supposed to change their mindset from let's go and play and have a nice time and, you know, you do all these treads to under 13s, you've got to win because otherwise, you know, it, we've lost sort of thing. I think most players, as you get older, it's all about winning. Oh, yeah. The kids know if they've won yeah, and they, they take yeah. that on board. Yeah. Um, but his response to that question, when I asked him that on, on a Zoom session I had with him, he said, well, actually, it's... The, the score line will take care of itself. You know, it doesn't, the score line really doesn't matter. If, if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. But what where, where your wins are, are if you have managed to get that child to make that tackle, mm-hmm. if they've gone into that ruck and they've performed the rucks much better this week, or um, you've managed to pass it down the line without knocking it forward. If you give each of those kids their individual targets, mm-hmm. they've won. And it doesn't matter actually what the score is. The sc- the win, like we said in the past, yeah. once you've got all those tactics and those all those nitty gritty bits together, the win will come. But it's the individual wins that you need to push at, at our age. So we watched England um, lose a player early on um, in the Six Nations, and they really put their their effort in. Probably one of the best games I've watched them play for a long time. And they lost the game, but actually it was good to see that they put such a, a performance in um, for whatever reason. They didn't win, but actually it was a better game to watch and got more. I got more satisfaction probably out of that than if they'd have just gone and, you know, and won steamroll. Yeah, steamroll, yeah. Um, yeah, so all the little wins have got to be important. Um, I was chatting with somebody the other week um, about... Um, the dopamine system that's released in your body when you're progressing towards something um, uh, to a goal, not necessarily achieving the goal, but progressing towards it. There's a, um, a benefit in having a goal and achieving a goal, but a lot of people that set their goals at the very, very top, then achieve it. Don't have anything to go on to it again, but on the way they're not celebrating all the things that they're achieving. Yeah. So they're kind of depressed all in, until they get to mm. where they got to get. And then they've gone, well, I've achieved that goal and that's it. I've got nothing mm. more. Whereas actually, if you said, like you say, they were, they made that tackle successfully that they were trying to, they still lost the game, but they did something that worked for them and they've got to celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important for the kids to realize that actually you are proud of them for making that. And so like they know that they've made that, that, that win for them. And if you can, and you show them that you see that they've done it, then that's a that's a win in itself. I think the kids are chuffed if you mention them, and they go, "Oh, Max, you know what? You you hooked really well today. That was awesome. You know, you 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 took up, you took out. I don't know. 
yesterday particularly, uh, he probably won nine out of ten scrums Excellent. against both teams. You know, so it was hooking brilliantly. And you think, you know, he played really well. And that's for me, that's really hard to say to him because he's my son. And very often you don't give him the credit because you're too busy watching others and it's very quick to pick up on him as something he's done bad uh, you know, and there's a book about that isn't there different but it's really hard to to um praise your own i find mm-hmm. when you're coaching uh, but if you can pick up on all those others, i'm very quick to say do you know what that was brilliant no you did that really well or that was fantastic or to all the other kids uh because you're busy watching and, and you give them their individual little wins but and so Fair play to Max. So once he gets a win, he's like, did I really play well? well yes, you did, mate. Yes, you did. Uh, so yeah, I think it's important that they you celebrate their little wins as they go through with a big tackle or whatever it might be that they did that day. Yeah, they're not little wins. They're wins. They're big wins as yeah, far as they're, they're concerned. Wins. They're, yeah. they're, they're yeah. just wins. Yeah. 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 So, yes. sorry. So your, your team at the moment... Um, you said earlier on, obviously, rugby's for everyone. Um, how do you, and for, for those that are listening, when you're coaching a team that's so diverse because rugby has a position for everybody, how do you adapt training sessions specifically to try and develop uh, the, the players? Because uh, not just as a, as a, on a playing side of things, but at some stage, some are going to be more advanced than others. Um, on the on the the mindset side of things, that is emotionally. Mm. Do you know what? If, if emotionally and stuff, I don't see. I think we we must pitch the training sessions fine because I don't really ever have an issue with that. You know, they all come, they all put one hundred percent in, and there we have got some weaker players and some stronger players, like say, and every team does. Uh, and I will sometimes speak to those parents and say I'm a little bit worried you know the game is getting a little bit more physical mm-hmm. and some of those parents have just responded to me at the end of each season and gone Shelley they just love it so yeah. much there you know you I don't have to encourage them to go on a Sunday they're up they're ready to go they just want to go and they play so I don't feel I've ever really come across the need to worry about that too much because I think it's maybe it's part of teaching because yeah. that's what I do on a day-to-day basis and I've got 30 kids every lesson, which you've got to differentiate between what and, and with whatever sport it might be. So you've got kids that can swim and kids that can't swim and kids that are really good ones and kids that, like I say, can't swim at all, mm-hmm. all in the same class. Um, and I've got kids that can and can't play badminton. And you just adapt accordingly. And I don't even, I don't even think I think about it. Mm. I think it just, because of that 25 years of teaching, I think it just happens. Um, but, I, but I can imagine that can be quite hard for coaches that don't have that teaching background i think that probably answers the question as to why so many of the top level coaches in in rugby come from a teaching, teaching background, background. yeah, yeah. 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 So the ability to differentiate is is really important and to motivate to and like i say you just do it you, you don't think about doing it it's just it's just there you just do mm-hmm. it um and that's not something i've ever really thought about so even in my job which is is just about bringing teams together to to um to build uh, construction projects um so many times i'll be banging my head against the wall thinking this is just like in a playground you know you <laughs> kids are they're just kids out there do you know what i mean you got um one contractor in a mood with another one because he <laughs> took something and 
And I sometimes sit there and just think, I just, my mum was, my mum was a teacher. And I just think, I just don't know how you'd cope with this, you know, all day, every day. Yeah. I go to work and I come home. Sometimes I just think I've just been sorting out some kids in a playground. Just really, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. And it is like that. Teaching is like that without any shadow of a doubt. And you you don't know what you're getting from one day to the next. You don't know what mood the kids are going to be in. I don't know what mood the kids are going to be in. They rock up here on a Wednesday and a Sunday. But you must love it. You said 25 years. You must love it. Oh, yeah, well, it's not quite been 25, but it's nearly 25. 2000, okay. yeah, so 22. So yeah. you must love it. I, I do, for the most part, yeah, 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 I do. There are times when you come out and you're like, oh, I just, <laughs> I need to throttle someone. Uh, but, you know, but ultimately, 98% of the kids are no problem at all you're always going to kind of it doesn't matter where you go the grass is not greener you know you could go to best school there's always going to be somebody which isn't towing a line mm-hmm. um but as, as long as the kids do the best it like i said before it doesn't matter and and you again you you see them through their successes like i've been taking my year 11s through and talking about their exams and where they are now and what they've got left to do and they're like all right okay so if you can just get five more marks with this practical grade you've got coming up this week and you'll get a level two distinction star and they're like oh really if I just yeah okay and you've got and they they get quite excited and you know they they it's important for me to see that they are um enthusiastic about that and and quite motivated themselves something something that excites me about um because I played second row and I didn't score I didn't, no. you know, the ball landed at my feet once and I looked and there was an open field boy fluke and I started running thinking, what do I, do? I could do this. And then just thought, no, come on. It's too ridiculous. Far. Yeah, too yeah. far. Yeah. But as far as, and we talk about rugby, everyone having a position, everybody being different. As far as the second row goes, as far as I'm concerned, and you might disagree, I don't know. You're there to give your strength to everyone else. You're not there to run over a try or kick a goal or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're there to protect. You're yeah. there to uh, to tackle. Rock you're over. there to work hard, work. <laughs> yeah. Take the ball in. Exactly. Whatever. Do all of that. Yeah. So you're giving your strength to everybody else. You're not actually getting. A, it might appear to yeah. people that aren't into. You're not getting the glory. No. You're there to do the hard work yeah. and and take pleasure in the fact that other Somebody people take the glory. Mm. And you're just talking now about the fact that you're talking about uh, your school kids. You're talking about what they're going to achieve, how they can achieve it. You've gone into coaching to to tell these uh, under thirteens um, how to to play rugby, how to develop as as athletes and as as young people. Do you think that um, that second row is driving you forwards? I think it that? is because that's what I say to the kids out there every week i said your job is this your job is that and it doesn't matter if you don't score but Mm. you've enabled them to score and that's why it's such a team game um and if you do your job he can do his job um and then you ultimately and then you you're part of that um and this is it and i and i'll i'll use max because i feel i I should use my own uh he he did he cracking one on site yesterday and he is he was playing hooker but but he saw the ball he was hanging out uh, of the ruck and he the ball was kicked and he ran weirdly ran back for it and and dived on it and it's not something I've seen him do before and he dived on it but he picked up and then he got battered by somebody that came in but he kept hold of the ball and yeah. he placed it brilliantly and it then got picked up by one of his teammates and it got passed down the line and Alfie ended up running that in and scoring it wow. and you know it was brilliant to see that every 
that a number of different kids had been involved in that process. And that had started from him running back and securing that ball. And that's just one example from yesterday. There were, there were lots and lots that I could have picked up on. Um, but it, it is about, and that's why rugby is a team game. And it's what I keep telling them. This is not about you trying to drive through. This is about you drawing that player in and then making the right decision to ship it out to somebody else at the right time um, to allow somebody else to ship to, to run it in and score uh, and if you can do that you should all take glory in that try and they are beginning to Absolutely learn that, that they are beginning mm. to learn that and that is definitely a second row mentality because like i say mm. that's what i had to do i don't remember ever scoring <laughs> did the <laughs> guys on that try yesterday did they appreciate the fact that it came they absolutely did yeah. so there was probably they all they all came down and of course me and some of the other coaches were going that's brilliant well done Max that's come from you doing that that that, that. and the boys actually came back and they do congratulate each other that's fantastic. When, when they see that it's not all about Alfie running that ball yeah, yeah. in they yeah. knew that it had been passed down three or four different people yeah. to, to enable that to happen but is that because of I'm not saying me but in general is that because that's how a coach coaches that and it, it's so important that you make that point to those kids when they score that it's a team effort it's not just well done you for scoring it's a well done everyone for making that happen and I know I'm very big on well done everyone for making that happen but you didn't have to push your children yesterday to uh celebrate it with Max no 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 they they that's they were aware that that's that that was what's needed fantastic yeah it was good it was really nice to see so I take that as a win absolutely yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah so and, and i said this before and i don't want to sound like a stuck record but um success is watching somebody else go over the try line yeah. but being able to celebrate because you contributed yeah 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 and that that is actually what rugby is about in it already mm. any team game really you've done your bit to help that happen mm. and the, it's taken the kids a few years or my year group a few years to figure that out but it's constant you know you can't be the one to take it over all the time and actually yesterday ollie you are going to be targeted now because you've run in three so they're going to pick they're going to pick on you they're going to see you and they're going to take you out so you have now got to make that decision to ship it out to somebody else and he did um and again it's about him taking it shipping it and yeah. and everyone working together to make sure they're supporting him to enable him to do that um, they, they've identified that at 13 years age yeah but that's something we've reinforced forever that's a good very good thing yeah it's it's not something that we would expect them to just know it's something that like say we as a coaching team have reinforced since under probably under certainly under eights it's not it's not a one-man band so when these these under 13s go up hopefully they'll continue in in Wimborne for you know for the next number of years they'll move on to uni they'll move into professional careers they'll move on to be parents what do you hope they take from their rugby here at Wimborne when they move through into adult life I hope what they take from this is that it isn't about the winning as in the physical score it is about working as a group it's about trusting each other it's about relying on one another to be able to to make it happen mm-hmm. um, and as if the win happens as a result then, then brilliant so be it. then so be it yeah mm-hmm. like people say the scoreline will take care of itself it's how you it's how you perform on the day it's what you what you get from it it's how you work as a team it's the things you learn within it that's important i was here for 15 years with the, with the cults with barry maven and he said i don't care about the scoreline today boys i have yeah. no i don't think i'm not, not interested no nope. performance mm. how you, you do if you perform very well 
Yeah. Then the scoreline will sort itself out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you perform to the best of your ability and they get, score more points than mm. you, that's, there's no problem with that at all. You can't ask a kid to do any more than that. No, nope. nope. And this is, we take that as parents yeah. all the way through. You've yeah. just got to do your best. If you can come off that pitch and tell me you have done your best, yep. and even if you miss that tackle, you ran in and you tried to do it, he dodged you. Yeah. You know, it's not a problem if you miss it. You know, it really doesn't matter. What have you learned by you missing that tackle? Mm -hmm. You know, or whatever it, whatever it might be, um, that, that's what's important. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's what I hope 100%. they take from that. So as far as you're concerned, you've already expressed the fact that you've got a second row mentality. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in a good way. <laughs> Probably got the ears to prove uh, it. <laughs> got ears. What would you say you'd be missing today if you hadn't played rugby? Oh, God. Ooh. I don't really know. Um, it's difficult because what would, would I have done something else over that? I think, I think with rugby, there's very much a camaraderie in rugby. And I think, I was lucky that both sports I ended up taking up, it was, it was very much that way. Was that because of the clientele as such, the people that were taking part in it at that time? Or was that because that was how the club was portrayed or, you know, the team was portrayed at the time? Um, I don't really know, but I, I would hope that I've taken from like the, all the camaraderie and, and the learning the defeats Mm -hmm. um because we 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 had a number of defeats when we had to play south division let's be honest when we were playing people like saracens and and whatever else but it was what we did with that no there was no blame game there was none of that it was a team and we we all did what we had to do and we supported each other so there's that element of support that you take from it there's that element of teamwork that you take from it there's that element of trust and friendship mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. um that you get from all of that and like i said i was lucky with both both sports that I took up at uni or continued at uni that I got that from. I don't think it happens everywhere. I don't think it happens in all sports. I think there is certain um, expectations from some. Mm. Uh, and if you don't achieve, you are asked to leave. You're removed yeah. or made to feel awkward or made to feel like you shouldn't be there. And I think, but I think, like say, rugby and, and volleyball that I took up, I was lucky that both both sports were enabled me to to be where I wanted to be and do what I wanted to do so successfully well hope so yeah. fingers crossed <laughs> I'm sure successfully yeah yeah I think um I think that's probably where we should wrap up I've um have you had enough <laughs> well you know me Max <laughs> you've got a question I'll answer it <laughs> I think um, really from what I've taken from this is that Jay should be here next time. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I write notes down as we talk. Um, the one thing that keeps coming up in all the, the podcasts we do is friendship. Mm. Um, you mentioned that when you went to uni, you just walked into rugby and everybody was welcoming. welcoming. Yeah. Um, there's a camaraderie, there's a, a team um, spirit and I think that probably comes from the fact that you actually when you're out playing rugby and you're putting your body on the line you're reliant on your team to help you support you and they're reliant on you especially if you're second row you know a, a pretty boy back goes you know. pretty boy yeah yeah 
they go they go charging down the wing they get wrapped up by a an or, op, you know or girl, girl. 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 Oh, yeah, i apologize all right i call them pretty boys um pretty girls pretty boys they're reliant on us as well as as yeah. forwards uh, second rows or, or whatever to to give them support to for protection and i think the friendship um harry bauer said it's it's a a different bond mm-hmm. that you get when you come into okay other sports maybe but especially with rugby but you've talked about teamwork you've talked about uh, friendship you talked about support and you talked about the lessons you learn from from defeat and the celebrating all the little wins as you go along the way. Um, I think, yeah, mm. that's really, really cool. Mm. What about you? I'd say yes, for sure. Yeah. You've been interesting. I've enjoyed it. Oh, thanks. I've been, yeah, you have. You have. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good. It's nice to get a coach's perspective yeah, on it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Speaking to players, speaking to managers, I'm helping I, the management of the academy. And, and it's different when you're, you're a little bit detached from actually the coaching side of things. So, no, it's good to get a, a different perspective on it. No problem. Thank you very much. So, no problem. So I think um, just have a call down with what's what. Who's next on our hit list? Next podcast is um, James Williams. Who hopefully is going to be here in the club again with us? Um, very much looking forward to that. Hopefully, smack. Uh, hopefully, Jay is fully recovered and back. back with us. It should well be. Um, Smack's been absolute delight. Thank you very much for helping out. Um, still, you remain the best first guest we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> Shush now, Shelley. It's been uh, a real eye opener, uh, a pleasure. Um, and thank you very Your much for coming on. Best third guest. Best third guest, yeah. I'll take that. It's a win. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. You. Winning all the way. I think we're all winners today. Yeah. No, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. That's all right. Um, thank you for having me. No problem. No problems. So until next time, be more rugby. <laughs>